0: you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich.
1: Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today, we are having, guess what? One of our favorite guests, Gaia Morissette, is on and we're going to be talking about how you can use BDSM for trauma release. And the reason that we're talking about this is because I created that title <laughs> and said, hey Gaia, let's talk about this. <laughs> Gaia actually has a course that has been released that is all about this. I have the course. I have not started it yet, but I actually have it put on my schedule. So I am um I have I actually have your course scheduled in my calendar to make sure that I, I take the time to do it.
2: Oh nice because otherwise I
1: don't do things in my my schedule then gets filled. And then I'm like, well, I wanted to do that course. So I actually put it on schedule so that I'm starting that next week and I'm pretty freaking stoked. So for those of you who are um, wondering what the heck are we talking about? Like, what is BDSM? Why would you use this thing, these four letters, whatever they are for for trauma release? What is that? (laughs) So uh, we will be talking all about what those things mean why you would do that, what some of the uh, methodologies and and some of the things to be aware of, because you can have people say to you that they are, you know, that they are pro-doms or that they're professionals in this field and they're not. And you could end up in a lot of more trauma. In fact, you could end up in a lot of uh, problems. So you want to make sure that when you're working and especially, especially in these areas that can, that can end up, traumatizing. If you don't have an expert working with you, you want to make sure you got your experts. So yeah, we've got our expert on today. We've got Gaia on today. And I think that a lot of times too, when BDSM is mentioned that most people, their first thought is, oh, I can't tell you how many people I actually, and actually before I met you, that was kind of my first thought too. And then it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things that are, it's so not that really, unless it's what you're asking for and you enjoy that. And um, what I think a lot of people's first instinct is, and I see people's faces when I say, even say the letters BDSM, if they recognize what those letters are, their first instinct is like this cringe, and they're like, ugh. And then their second instinct is usually like, no way, no, no, no. And like, it's there's all, there's like a lot of resistance and not a lot of understanding. Yes. Or information out there that is helping people really get what the value of this is. So, so let's
2: talk about that.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. And let's talk about your expertise as a holistic sexual wellness specialist, too, because I think people need to know that you're not just walking in off the street and, like, yeah, I just have sex for fun, but you actually have some background. So tell us all about how where okay. you come from, what your background is.
2: Okay. So I've been a holistic sexual wellness specialist now for, oh, I don't know, I think maybe 14, 15 years. It's been a long time. And even before I actually was doing this job full time, it still was a part of my world. Like people, random people would come up and ask me questions I about sex and everybody always feels safe to talk about sex. And so before I dropped into the world of, you know, sexual healing and education and all the beautiful places that I am, I owned a pottery and teaching drumming studio before that. So my life seemed like, you know, it was very, very different from sex. And yet all my pottery classes, all the adults, they always start talking to me about sex. Teenagers would start talking to me about sex. So, so one day I decided, hey, seeing that this seems to be my calling and I can't get away from it, <laughs> no matter how I try. I might as well like lean into this. And so I started the journey of, you know, tantra training and trauma training and healing and, um, you know, all the things around sexuality. And and I really, a big piece of me is all all about the holistic. And what I found is like, there's five aspects. And I think we've done a, we've done a whole show on this, like the five Mm -hmm. aspects of, you know, basically sexuality. And so I really leaned into all the places. And then, but one of those places is exploration. So there's like, I'll just list those five. There's the the play, sensuality, sexuality, exploration, and the sacred. And those five places I play in and dance in and all all the ways. So BDSM is the exploration stage of people's sexual evolution. And And like you talk about, you know, people think BDSM means you're hanging from the chandeliers and you're being beaten black and blue and that you're like, you know, like extreme things or, you know, the only time we ever see it is on, you know, BDSM is in a crime scene on a TV show, like, or, you know, it's part of a serial killer's lair or so we really have been programmed to be afraid of kink and exploration. Because that's all BDSM is, is the exploration, the continuation from vanilla sucks, which is like doing it with the lights off (laughs) and doing a missionary position to the next level is kinky. So kink has a huge scope of possibilities. And we use the word BDSM as kind of an umbrella terminology for kink, Um, but it's not like kink could be like, having sex with a blindfold on or being spanked or having your hair pulled a little bit or somebody, you know, you know, rubbing food on your body. Like kink doesn't have to go from like, you go like vanilla, French vanilla extreme. There's everything in between there.
1: <laughs> There's vanilla with chocolate sauce. Nuts. Exactly. <laughs> There's um there. Yeah. It's, I think I'm really glad that we kind of, tapped into a bit of that to understand that it's it really isn't what we see portrayed in TV and even though there are some playful shows out there too there's one on um, Netflix called Bonding it gives a little bit of it have you seen it it's quite cute it's yeah but it there's a still kind of a cute, cute yeah, there's twist still some it, stuff in there
2: there's still yeah. some very dysfunctional things in there that oh, you know as <laughs> as I as I am training all of my pro
1: doms that we don't do <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah there's some really great I, yeah I think so when you look like any examples that we're looking at right a lot of them have there's they're very skewed towards entertainment so keep that yes. in mind that if you're watching something entertainment it's going to be skewed towards entertainment it's not going to be skewed towards this is actually how it's done yes right and then you, I could, think, you could also take like 50 shades of gray as a how not to do this um, I was book, just going right? to go there so, <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, but Fifty Shades did a great job of opening up the, the closet and the darkness of BDSM and made it mainstream that, you know, soccer moms are reading reading it and people were starting to talk about it. But the actual what happens in Fifty Shades, again, not, not safe, not healthy, very dysfunctional, but the fact that it got you excited... That's where you're like, oh, something turned you on. So it's kind of like, oh, that's good. Let's explore that deeper. Yeah. So, how I got into the BDSM side of things of my life um, is that. I actually had a client who, this is where like the wellness component starts to show up. So I had a client that was coming to see me. He had uh, anxiety issues, porn addiction, um, and some other, he was struggling with some other things. And so he started to come see me as a sexual wellness specialist. And we were working, and I was working with him for a couple of years. But he was still struggling to get the homework done and to do the things that he needed to do to help with his process. And he went to uh, and it was one of the things he wanted to explore was his you know sexual sexuality and, and kink. And so he went to a pro dom in Toronto. And then he came back I said, "So, how was it? Right. And he said, it was awful. He's like, I didn't feel safe. I wasn't heard. Um, you know, they left permanent marks. And he's like, I didn't wow. feel good about it at all. And I said, oh, that's awful. He's like, he's like, I know you have a dungeon across the hall. Which is true. I did. I out? So I was like, yes, yes, I do. For personal, personal reasons, I do, yes. And he asked me. He's like, I really would like to feel safe. And I know you know what you're doing. And I trust you 100% and I know you'll keep me safe. And so I like, that's where I started to make the transition from only doing the sexual healing component. And now I'm like leaning into okay, well, how can we use the dungeon as a way to help people heal? And so we started I started that journey with him. And within two sessions, he wasn't addicted to porn anymore. He was doing all his meditation. He wasn't he had to he got to get taking off of his anti-anxiety meds. Like it was like night and day only because he did his homework. And we used the dungeon as a reinforcer of doing his homework. So that's when the whole bdsm and the dungeon being the source of healing started to evolve for me and that was about 10 years ago
1: sometimes as a very uh blanket way of describing you to people when i go to like uh say you know i got a when people are like i don't know what i should do for a living i'm like look i got a friend who does this for a living and this is how i describe you guys i got a friend who will spank you into your greatness <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> <laughs> they are like, what? Like, well, it doesn't have to be spanking, but that's that's my blanket sentence for you. <laughs> I love that.
2: I love that. It will spank you into greatness.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so it is, it's been a beautiful, it's so I, you know, now I actually spend more time in my dungeon than I do in my treatment room. Um, because I one, I really enjoy it, and two, um, it's I find that this really makes huge transformation in people's lives in all different kinds of
1: capacities. That's amazing. And so, yeah, you, you've got this course that was like the day that you put that out there, I saw the post and I don't always see people's posts. So when I do, it's always intriguing. And I think it was because, um, everything trauma has been coming up on my uh, feeds, right? Because I've been doing a lot more talks about trauma and different ways to release it from the body and somatic body work and the different methods that I use for that. And um, so this comes up on my feed. and I was like, this is freaking genius. Like, yes. So I think it was about 35 seconds after your post. I was like, yes, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so very, very excited uh, to see that. And I think this this is um, a course, Timmy. That is, you know, if you're in a partnership or even if you're not, this can be something that you can use for your own self discovery. Um, and it's also because it's learning in your own time. You can just do it as you're comfortable with it too, which is important too. So you're not like stressed for time. You got one week till your next class and try and get your homework in, and your like body isn't ready for it. So very very cool. So let's talk about that course because yeah. it's
2: fabulous. <laughs> I love, yeah. I love creating it. So, so I have been doing a lot of DOM training. Uh, it seems to be like every time I turn around, somebody's like, "How do I be a pro DOM?" I'm like, "All right, let's start the training." And so, so I've been training a lot of amazing people all over the world, and. And there was these there's these themes that just keep coming up in each one of the trainings. I'm like, well, we can we can do this training differently by creating the online educational component and, you know, break it down because I'm still teaching the exact same concepts to each dom that i've been training. And then we can break it from so that you got the education side of it and then you have the one-on-one coaching with me um and then you have your 6 weeks of intensive of where you like lean into all the things so that when you when after that 6 weeks you you got your business you're ready to start seeing clients dungeon set up ready to go right. So the first piece of training is about understanding trauma because trauma especially in the world of BDSM and sexuality is very interweave woven together. And it's really hard if you don't have any understanding of trauma and the the depths of which it happens, you can re-victimize yourself, your clients, your people that you're working with, um, people that you're playing with. You can re-victimize them under the guise of, well, this is just a turn on. And so I, so I spend a lot. So that's what this beautiful course is about, like to really learn about where you sit in your trauma space, which is an important piece, how to deal with triggered people, how to deal with, you know, how do you deal with triggered people while you're in the dungeon and somebody's freaking out um, and really deeply understanding trauma and how to heal it. So the course was created for pro doms. But it was also created with the mind of other healing practitioners, adding the whole wellness BDSM as a wellness practice as well. So that that whole course itself is a blending of those two places. So, you know, it's it's basically when you come out of it, you can handle anybody's triggers and anybody's trauma. (laughs) You're solid. And you have now great tools to use for your own trauma healing, as well as to supporting other people around you. And you get some great extra tools that you may want to use in the dungeon. If you happen to be already, you know, kinky and in the dungeon. And for people who haven't been in the dungeon would like to add some of that wellness component um, in their practice. So.
1: I'm so excited for it. Like, I'm so excited. It's on my schedule and, so I I have like two hours a week booked off dedicated to this course. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm
2: so excited for you. You're gonna like love it. Me too.
1: I'm freaking yeah. stoked. And I was telling my husband about it and he's like, You're doing what? And I'm like, oh honey, your world's gonna change. And he's like, <laughs> okay. He was like, he paused for a second. And he was like, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, so that's that was kind of that's the
2: piece around that particular course, but the whole training like so I just finished I launched that course I'm in now working on you know BDSM 101 for pro doms I already have BDSM 101 for like the newbies like if you've never, you know, this is just for personal use. You take that course, it takes you through all of the things, you learn how to do it safely, you learn what makes you kinky, what makes your partner kinky, you learn how to communicate and be sexy about the whole thing. Um, and if you're thinking about it, you need, to, the one thing I do need to say, BDSM is not something that you just pick up one day. It's something that you need training in because it's an extreme, think of it as extreme sport. Right. You yeah. can be a, you can you can be a hiker, right, where you just leisurely hike through the forest or you can be like a mountain climber. Now, if you're going to become a mountain climber, you need supplies, you need gear, you need to be physically capable. There's all these things. Otherwise, you're going to fall off the mountain. To die. BDSM is like that. Sex is like walking on a nice path through the forest. <laughs> then you add kink to the thing. And now you've gone course. to. We've gone to extreme sports and with all extreme sports you must have you got to train your body you got to train your mind you got to understand how to do it safely. So that is okay. why that course was created in the first place BDSM 101 so that it's great for all newbies to start and to start together you know if you have a partner and you want to do it together so that not one I
1: person. I, is... I think I have that from you I'll have to check but I, I know I took another one of your dom courses so I'll
2: I think you, the one you have is the BDSM membership, I think.
1: Okay. Yeah. I know I had something. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, very fun guy has lots of courses. So like when, when you see this, you'll probably find there's um, there may be links on the descriptions of the episodes, depending on what platform you're on. And if there isn't just go over to inspired choices network. And I will have a Um, a leaderboard banner with a link so that you'll be able to get uh, you'll just click on it and you'll be able to find those courses there
2: yeah and I'll make sure that I get all that stuff to you so that they can yeah click and go see learning learning is sexy education is sexy. learning
1: is so sexy and I think that a lot of times another, oh, you know what? We're going to head to our commercial and we'll come back and talk about this after uh, as I'm realizing, wow, we're past commercial. So that's okay. So uh, you're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network. And we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: Are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Elisa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at milicajelanić.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. Today, we are having a lovely conversation with Guy Morissette, who's been on the show before. So if you're enjoying this content with her and you've not ever listened to her shows because you're like new to to the pleasure zone, go back, find some other episodes because we've had some really great shows. There's also nine years of content because we are celebrating nine years. So it's pretty freaking exciting. Um, One of the things before thanks darling. So one of the things before we went to break is Gaia said learning is sexy and it actually truly is not only sexy but it's important. I think one of the things people forget is that sex is actually a skill Mm -hmm. and as with other skills you can educate yourself and it's not shameful to educate yourself on these skills. Like Gaia was talking about being a potter before doing pottery. Well You could just sit there and try and do it yourself, but it's certainly helpful if you have people teach you how to center your clay, how to pull the clay, how to form it, right? And how to do different things with it. If you have no idea how to, you know, play with clay when it's spinning on a wheel, it's going to go everywhere. You're going to have a mess. Um, I know I've, I tried it once and I had, (laughs) but I had somebody helping me and it's still a mess when you're first learning and sex can be a mess when you're first learning too. I have to say my first few sexual experiences were right out in left field and confusing and messy. And like, if I wasn't determined to have like a really great sex life, I probably would have quit for the fact it was like, well, I wasn't an expert off the top. And I think some people think that, well, I should be a darn expert. My first time around, it should be fully orgasmic and fantastic and everybody should be glowing and it should last 10 hours because that's the kind of skill level I'm at. And it just doesn't. So Nope. So it's a skill. And, and like you were saying, it's like, you got to build your body up just like you're, if you're in the realm of kink and you, you're playing extreme sports, you need to be physically fit and able to handle these things. Yeah. So get physically fit, <laughs> do that, do some things. It's important so that you're safe. Um, yes. So I'd love to talk more about what it was, um, what, it, what some of the the key elements that you feel that BDSM can do for trauma release? So I would
2: say the number one is learning to surrender and finding safety. So when we've had trauma, our safety our perception of safety is distorted and so we either a don't know what safety is or we become super vigilant in our fear base of trying to keep ourselves safe so safety becomes the key factor that has been interfered with when we have trauma. and. One of the things that BDSM has an opportunity, the dungeon has an opportunity to teach you how to surrender. And in order to surrender, you have to feel safe. And so there's all these beautiful steps that are created to create a safe containment space for somebody who has trauma and then they can feel safe. Once they feel safe, this is the most beautiful part of it, is now that they have a true embodiment of safety, they now came recreated in the rest of their lives so as somebody who did so much trauma healing and and you know that was is one of my areas of expertise it was like you know clients would come to me and we would like try to help them find safety but they didn't know what safety was because they'd never felt safe so there was like this weird abstract construct that just didn't make any sense and then when i would bring them over into the dungeon and say, okay, so now we're going to do, you know, we're going to do blindfold and you're going to communicate how you feel. And then I'm going to take the blindfold off and then I'm gonna put the blindfold back on and the blindfold back off. And the stages of, of that, that goes into feeling safe and trusting and communicating, all of a sudden, now they can start to surrender. And when they surrender, they go to this beautiful place called subspace. And subspace is very, is the equivalent to uh, meditation. It's It's like you go to the void, everything is quiet, everything is still, and you feel completely content in that space. You cannot feel that if you do not know what safety is. And so that has been one of the biggest pieces that the dungeon and BDSM and using it from a wellness perspective has helped with trauma release is the finding the safety, feeling it in their bodies, and then being able to take it and find it in other areas of their lives.
1: That's beautiful. Do Mm -hmm. you know if there are any specific authors who talk about this as like a topic? Like, are there any people, I I know other people who are in kink who who actually do this as well for... Um, you know, as part of their their mission in life, right, is to use kink to assist people through trauma. But um, I don't know that I've actually read any literature on it, so I wasn't sure. Do, have you read anything on it at all?
2: I haven't. I haven't come across or read anything on it either. So maybe um, it's
1: time for you to write a book, darling,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> I have so much time.
1: <laughs> you have so, much time. You have so much energy <laughs> to do it. But maybe yeah. there's a group of maybe it's like chicken soup for the soul, BDSM, trauma style.
2: Trauma style, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't come across any literature on it. Um, however, I do know that they've done studies of, you know, what happens in the body and the chemistry and, the, you know, when people drop into subspace. And so from that place, from you know, more scientific space, I do know that there has been, you know, lots of studies that have been done around that, to see, to regulate, right. to see what's going on in the body when you hit that perfect space of subspace and the endorphins that are released and all the beautiful things. So that's, now t- just talking about that piece is like how you can process things. So, so the one part is the surrender, right? So you, 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 you learn to feel safe, you can surrender, you're no longer an uber control freak in the world. Everybody around you likes you better because you're not like micromanaging everybody, (laughs) trying to control everybody. Life is good. Then we have over here all the other ways of where we can use it as behavioral modificators, right? So like say you're struggling with healthy living, dieting, smoking, you know, some some kind of habit that you're like ready to like don't want to do anymore and you want to reprogram that. BDSM is a great way to hook that in with punishment and reward systems that we are already wired as children to be responsive to, right? So that's another powerful way in which BDSM as a therapeutic tool can be used is that behavioral modification things. So like here's, here's the actual beautiful example. So I have this wonderful client who is chronically late. He's late everywhere all the time. he can't get his, he can't cannot get his shit together whatsoever. he's always late. Now he's also really good looking and has a lot of money and so people just let him do that. <laughs> so, there's, so there's this piece. So he comes into the dungeon, and he's coming in, not from a therapeutic standpoint, but more from our, you know, uh, me being a pro-dom play mm-hmm. place, right? But one of the things that I don't tolerate is wasting my time, right? Time is an important important rule in my world, right? So the first time he's late, I give him, I give him a pass because he was driving. You know, he hadn't seen the place yet. The second time I'm, he's late, I'm like, that's, and then I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. The third time he's late. Now we're getting into this. This is a chronic behavior that needs to change because it's not serving. It is not serving me. And it is definitely not serving him. Because I asked him, I'm like, are you ever on time? He's like, no. I said, okay, we're going to change that. So I use the, the, you know, I use punishment as the, the reinforcer, right? So, but I use pain and he turns out he liked pain. So I'm spanking him and him saying, sorry, Empress, I'll never waste your time again. One, but sorry, Empress, <laughs> I'll never waste <laughs> your time. Two, right? So he had, I think it was like 300, I gave him 300 lashings of him <laughs> doing the thing, but he was getting turned on by it. So I was like, we'll see. Will that change his behavior? So the next time he comes in, not only is he late, it's like a half an hour late, and he hands me money to think that that's going to make it okay. So he's like, oh, here, you here's the money, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, he's good, like good. Here, here's $100 because I'm late. I'm like, great. And you're still getting punished. I'm like, he's like, what? And the look on his face was like this beautiful, you know, being the sadist that I am, was just like this beautiful arousal response for me to watch. his like confused face being like, what is happening right now? (laughs) So I'm like, "Okay, so I'm not going to do I'm not going to use pain as a behavioral modificator because that clearly didn't work. I'm going to use pleasure and pleasure denial. And so I start leaning <laughs> in to all the things, all the pleasure possibilities, getting them close to all this pleasure players. But I'm like, oh, yeah. Only people that show up on time get that privilege. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> I like bring him up again, and I'd be like, and he's like, you know, he's just dying to have the thing he really wants. He's so turned on. I'm like, yeah, only people that are on time get that. That's so. The next time he shows up, would you know, he showed up on time. Like exactly on time, not early, not late, exactly on time. So that's just an example of like how we can utilize for behavioral modification. And of course, this is all consensual and free conversations about, you know, I have free range to do all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's another big piece, behavioral modification.
1: For sure. I, I remember you talking about that, the other CBT. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. So we're going to be talking more about this awesome topic of uh, how you can actually use BDSM for not only for trauma release, but also behavioral modification, which is great. And oftentimes it's an aspect of the trauma as well. So sometimes those behaviors are as a result of a trauma and sometimes you'll get traumatized by having those behaviors. So these things are cyclical they have they, they, they work
2: together yeah we'll, look at of
1: those. yeah we'll head to our next commercial break you're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network and we'll be right back.
0: are you secretly a voyeur wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives what if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melisa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
1: Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism
0: carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you. We're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, my sweet pleasure seekers. Today we are talking about how BDSM can assist you through trauma. Because guess what? It's not what a lot of you probably have seen in movies or maybe porn or whatever you happen to be watching that gave you a an idea of what bdsm could be it's usually not what you've seen the things you've seen are for entertainment purposes and a lot of times they have even been written by people who have never even experienced any of it i yeah. believe uh I believe i read somewhere that like 50 shades of gray the person who wrote it never actually experienced kink in their life like
2: yes so it's all
1: just from their skewed perspective. So that's uh, not great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. no, that's why that's why you need education. Education, education, education.
1: Yeah. Education. Um, and from people who actually have experience. So you could try and look at these things and go, oh, I'm getting educated. Well, if you're learning French from somebody who actually doesn't speak French, then you're not gonna actually learn French. And I've watched this in the school system. I remember like being in a class and there was like a a French teacher, I was like supply teaching one day and there was a French teacher who was saying something. And I was like, where did you learn French? She's like, in Poland. I'm like, okay, well maybe (laughs) this isn't your best choice. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: your French is so confusing right now.
2: Yes. Yes. When you are seeking, that's an important uh, piece. If when you are seeking uh, mentors, educators, uh, you know, coaches, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you do your due diligence and that the person that is doing it has lived it It's a part of the way that they move in the world it's who they are so they have this deep understanding of all the nuances the both overt and the subtle ones to be able to pass that information on to you to help so they make sure make sure that you are safe and the people who are participating with you are safe
1: absolutely like, so the- I can't even imagine, like, going to a chiropractor who never went to school for chiropractic, but, you know, like, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you wouldn't yeah. go to a dentist who never graduated, <laughs> was not actually a Exactly. But guess what? They read a book on dentistry one day. <laughs> yep, exactly.
2: That's the same. It's the same thing. It, it's a really, and whether we're talking about BDSM or sex skill building, it's all the same. Yeah. Right? You're not born with these skills not born, you have to learn, you have to build, you have to practice, you have all the things. So the third thing I wanted to talk about is um, how you can use BDSM as an emotional releaser in the dungeon. Um, So one of the things that can happen is that we get We have all these feelings, all these emotions, we suppress the ball, we have no space to like release them. And the dungeon with some, you know, consensual flogging, spanking, you know, whatever implements we're using can really help you turn off the brain so that your body can just release whatever it needs to release through crying, orgasm, laughter, just like allows yourself to like just you screaming, releasing it through the, the experience. And I've both been on the receiving end of that therapeutic release in the dungeon and facilitated it many times. It's a powerful tool to push through our Our normal filters that say, you know, we're not, it's not safe to cry. It's not safe to be angry. It's not safe to like all the things that make us suppress our emotional expression. And the dungeon Mm -hmm. can be a really beautiful, safe space in order to release that and have a good cry. So I have a client recently whose husband has just died. And, you know, I said, come, come to the dungeon, give you a good spanking. I'll hold you while you cry and you can like fall apart. And so that's what she's doing. And it's helping her with her grieving process in, in a ways mm-hmm. that, you know, she wouldn't be able to do in other capacities. So that's another beautiful piece in which BDSM can be used to release st- stuck emotions within our being in our body.
1: Yeah, it's actually a somatic type of in, in a way it's a somatic body work, really, mm-hmm. when when it's performed by somebody who can bring that to the table right otherwise as yes. like we were saying before it can be re-traumatizing but if you have somebody who's skilled like you are that can actually bring the somatic piece to it your body can release yes on levels that are sometimes you didn't even know right like you're you you do not even know that you're crying like a baby because you have trauma that's that old it yeah. could be you know bursting even when you were like going through the birth canal or even in utero when like your mother was confused as to whether she wanted you or not. And you're like, why do I have these feelings of not being wanted? And like, why am I turned on by all these things like abandonment or not being desired? And you're like, oh my God, that goes way back to then. Yeah, right. And it does. all those things will, will come up, right. As you're going through your healing process. Um, and, and I'm like a big fan of try every kind of healing there there's out there. Like, I I can't even tell you all the weird, wacky, wild healing things I've done from like art therapy to like dancing it out to like, I don't even like, I I could probably write a, a book just on the list of the things that I've like, not only tried once, but like dove in and was like, okay, let's see how this can change my life next. Yep. Let's see how this can change my life. Yep. So Yeah. Do those deep dives. I also encourage you that if it is the first time, like the gentleman who came to you to the went to the other person who was a pro-Dom, or at least that's what they called themselves, right? But they didn't have a lot of the um they didn't have a lot of boundaries or understanding about what they were doing by the sounds of it. Yes. Um if it doesn't work the first time, try, try again. Because you never know, you will find other people, right? Yeah. Uh, I think even any kind of healing is like that. Try again. It doesn't mean it's you know, you could try again with the same person and have a better conversation. Yeah.
2: Um, the one thing what I've always say when people are looking for a dom, I mean, whatever capacity, whether it's a lifestyle dom, which is somebody that doesn't get paid for it um, versus a pro dom who does get paid for it. When you're looking for a dom, how do you feel? Like when you when you're interacting with them, when you first meet them. Are they controlling the situation, or are they asking you lots of questions to find out who you are and ha- what you need, and um, you know, really drop in and listen to your intuition? Your intuition will be like, "Oh yeah, this somebody is somebody who like you know is actually taking the time to like get to know me and figure out what I need," and blah blah blah. It's when you go into your head, your head or your genitals—usually it's your genitals—who make the decision to end up somewhere that is very, could potentially be very dangerous and unsafe. You are letting a stranger, let's just put this in clear perspective. You are letting a stranger tie you up and potentially hit you. Like, so like really need to do your due diligence to make sure that the person that's tying you up and hitch is going to hit you is for your best interest And has your best interests, and has the skills to make sure that you're safe while that's happening. And don't let your genitals pick the person because you've been fantasizing secretly for years, whacking off about this experience of surrender. Like, don't let your, you know, I have a rule. Like, our first intake, you have to show up, not horny. (laughs) I need you to not be horny. I need that on my
1: list. Gaia, yeah. I don't even have it on but I need and I don't even have it on my list and then the phone calls I get are I'm yeah. like I got a friend who does that professionally she lives further away but I can't even tell you how many times I'll be like you got a friend who's professional at that how about you go call mm.
2: <laughs> so. yeah so the whole point is like don't show up you know I make sure that my clients don't show up horny because if they're horny they can't give me consent It's like they're under the influence. The same as if they were stoned or they were drunk, they can't give me consent. If they got a boner and they're super horny and their genitals are throbbing, they cannot give me consent. And in that negotiation piece, I need to be able to have true consent and I need them to be able to give me the true answers to the questions that I'm asking so that I make sure that they are emotionally, physically and psychologically safe in the dungeon so if you, if you call a dom and they say, sure, we can play and they don't ask you any questions and they don't set like some serious procedures involved, that's run away. Most run away. That's, that's, you're potentially getting yourself into something very unsatisfying and potentially extremely dangerous.
1: Absolutely. I remember uh, one of the, I don't know if it was just a conversation we were having or an episode we were talking about that your intake form is like ours. So the person has to be able to be with you and have these conversations about all these sexual, potentially sexual, sensual, kinky experiences and not be turned on. That takes a lot of presence. So if you can be that present, you, you actually have the potential to heal a lot as well. Yeah presence is actually key for healing. So, and it's key too, for knowing if you're safe to be able to be in a position of surrender, you have to be present. Yeah. So if you can't be, if you're, if you love being scattered, it's not really your thing.
2: No. And it's okay to be, I, I think it's okay to, once you've established somebody is like, you're the person's safe, you're there, you know, you've established the parameters of the session, the, the, the whole point is that you let go of all control, you let go of everything, and you are led, you basically become, you're, you become led through the experience by the DOM, where you're not thinking, everything's turned off, you're not, you're not vigilant, you're not in this vigilance or awareness, but that needs to happen in the beginning so that you can choose the right person that will allow you to safely be led to where you need to go.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So Very important. We have we have one more commercial break coming right up. So everybody, you're listening to the Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. We're going to wrap up the show when we come back. I will be tapping into any potential questions that you guys have out there because you're not live with us right now. So I'm just going to have to figure out what you want because that's the magic I be. So. <laughs> So stay tuned. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial.
0: Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Jelanić, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at milicajelanić.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back my sweet pleasure seekers. For those of you who are avid listeners, you know that in the last year a lot of conversations I've been talking about are um, all things about trauma, how it's in your body, why it's important to move it through so that you can have a more fulfilled life so you can have a more pleasurable life because truly when you have a lot of trauma that's sitting there and it's sitting in your mind, your being, and it's creating havoc, it's actually creating addictive behaviors, it's creating all kinds of different things. It's It's kind of the the root of what clouds our soul. We've talked about how trauma kind of clouds our soul, creates fears, creates all kinds of things. That when we talk about how those things get layered on to, top of our being and body and in our body, then looking at different methods to get it out of the body and to change different behaviors, like Guy was talking about using this even for behavioral um for, to change behavioral habits as well. So we're looking at how does BDSM actually change your life in a way that you probably never would have expected because it can get to some of those traumas that are deeply sitting in your body in places that you've hit them so much that all you think is you have chronic ass pain, but really your butt is not the issue. It's There's been trauma that you're holding on to for so long that you haven't let go. So if you do have things like chronic pain, if you have habits where you have addictive habits if you find that you put on facades in your life if you have fear if you have false beliefs if you have any of those you actually can guarantee you you have trauma in your life Mm -hmm. and that any of this work can be uh, incredibly effective in assisting you in moving forward and why would you want to move forward like what would be the point in getting out of trauma Gaia? like why would people even want to do that
2: well first of all as a you know, pleasure-seeking goddess that I am, (laughs) that trauma really interferes in orgasmic pleasure. (laughs) So I'm all about the orgasmic pleasure in all areas of my life. And if, you know, I haven't, that trauma is, the trauma does interfere. It doesn't if it interferes, it always interferes in those places of pleasure. The other thing that trauma always interferes in is the fact that You can't have joy. You can't be in ease. You can't, life can't be simple and going well. Like there's no way in which you can live a life that's filled with ease, pleasure, joy, sensuality, uh, healthiness, wealth, all of the things. You can't live that life if trauma is living in you and off of you and feeding off of you and creating the life that prevents you from, Ever getting those things. So if you want any one of those things, clearing the trauma is the first step to having that happen. And once that trauma gets, it's it's it's, it's fascinating. Like once that trauma is un like unearthed and is out of the system, the 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 dominoes falls, and all of a sudden, all these things that you had no idea that that trauma was the source of all this pain and suffering and Shit show and crap in your life all of a sudden disappears, and now you're left with the possibility of who you choose and want to be, not who you ha- feel like you're is happening to you. So, there's also that place of empowerment when you release all of that trauma, you can now take control in a healthy not control freak way, but in a a wonderful, beautiful way of like, I am in a state of empowerment. And what kind of life do I want to lead? What kind of relationships I want to have? Where do I want to live? What kind of money do I want? All of those things become possible when we release the trauma out of our being.
1: And like you were saying earlier, we were talking about a woman who lost her husband, you know, you can release trauma and then sometimes in life, another trauma occurs. So this this doesn't mean that you released it and just you know another event comes along that's traumatizing that it shouldn't stay in your body. You might be affected, so you know then you go back, right, and you you continue your work. So your work is not done if you still have uh, skin on your being and you're still moving and you're breathing. You you can still do stuff to have a greater life and. What an opportunity. I think it's so fun and great to have a conversation with you. We have about a minute left. Can you let everybody know, Gaia, how they can get a hold of you? There will be links uh, that they'll be able to find also. Um, if you can just let them ha- know how they can get a hold of you, if they'd like to do a discovery session with you to see whether you'd work with them or also about your courses and how they can find them.
2: Yeah. So I would say uh, the first place you want to go is Gaia Morissette dot com. That's the gateway to all the things that I do in the world. Um, And if you're really interested in all the areas around BDSM, you can visit me at empressgaia.com. Those are the two places. And again, you'll find courses and podcasts and my orgasmic life is my podcast and all the things. So that's how you spend, start to spend more time with me.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of different things you're going to find in there. There are tons and tons of different courses um you even had some books in there for a while do you still have some books up there yeah yep yeah.
2: so the book behind me right now is stop drop and wiggle seven easy steps to happiness which is a book that i wrote
0: thank you for listening to the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist milica Yelenich.